Okay, so today is January 18th. I'm in this habit of saying the date every time because that's what I used to do with my other app for recordings. Um, and so now I am just grateful to be here and like doing what I'm doing because I just kind of felt like I woke up today kind of like wishy-washy, kind of had a bad dream, <laughs> just like a kind of a gruesome kind of weird kind of a dream. Anyways, it was, maybe it had something to do with reading Charlotte's Web the night before because it had something to do with butchering a pig. And I was like, man, this is not my jam, right? I'm just like, man, like, I like how like my life has come to the point where that is my nightmare to, to feel like, like my job was to butcher a pig kind of thing, right? I'm like, anyways, so I had the dream, then woke up and just kind of like had a prayer and, and just tried to get into my groove of what was for me to do in the day. So I just kind of, you know, prepared myself for the day and especially for teaching a yoga class that I had ready to teach. And then it just turned out that I just felt these continual promptings to go and check on my baby. And so then it turned out where I was like, I just feel like I need to cancel this class and go help my baby. So then I canceled it. And then I went and checked on my baby and she was like crying. And, and it just turned out that it was like, it wasn't like she was crying because she was lonely. She was crying because she had some issues with her diaper. And so it was for me to help take care of that. And, you know, and I was grateful for those experiences because, you know, it was instructive for me to observe how her skin was doing and how like, you know, it was reacting to the different foods we had eaten the day before. And it was showing in her stools as well as on her skin. And it was just like, yeah, I'm so glad I got to be the one to take care of you right now. So I could take those mental notes so I can take better care of you kind of thing. So that was like a good moment of like, yeah, I'm grateful for that. And then I learned a few lessons. One, I learned that sometimes it is a will building experience for me to go from being peer oriented to then being attached with my children. Um, and, and that it's, it's worth the effort and time to become more attached with my children, right? It's worth it, right? It's kind of like what one of my coaches said before about this whole thing, like, oh, if we could just focus instead of making the easy choices that will lead to a harder life, could we just focus on the, the choices that seem harder right now, but that will lead to a, a better life moving forward, right? So it's just like, yeah, no, that makes total sense. That's one of those things. And so it's like, yeah, I need to be more attached with my kids, like more than I need to be peer oriented and thinking that I need to go out and serve in a different way when it's so important to me to actually prioritize serving in the home as much as possible because nobody else can replace me. Like it's just, that's just it, right? So, and, and like my greatest ability to make the most the most difference is in the home with the people that I associate on a daily basis um, that have been given to me as wonderful people for me to live the rest of my life with. So it's like, it's a no brainer, but in the moment I still have habits from the past that have been so peer oriented that in those moments, it's like, it would be way more attractive to go out and teach yoga and have a break than to go and take care of someone's poopy diaper. Right. But it's like, whatever. Um, they also like in noticing what they were going through with their diaper, I also noticed like they needed so many extra nurses because they were so dehydrated, like in the results that I saw in their diaper as well. So I was like, man, I'm glad that I was home so I could be accessible to do that rather than having her cry for like the next two hours while I was gone. Right. It's like, it just didn't make any sense for me to do that today. But in the moment, I just didn't know any of it. I just kind of felt that prompting, like, no, I just feel like. I need to be here. And so it was just like, it was well building, but it was good. So I did that. And then I returned to some of the studies. Like I was doing some journaling before I was going to go. And then I returned to my studies after doing some of that. And I was grateful to return to it because today I didn't really know exactly where I was going to go, but I just kind of felt like, well, I'll just start from the beginning where I was before and just kind of flow through. So then, you know, then I read this special spot in the beginning of this awesome manual that I get to use that really helps me to study one of my favorite books here. And, and basically it just says like, check out the title page and see, um, see what the purpose of this book is for, you know, it says like, 
you know, it says right here, the title page of the Book of Mormon provides more than just a title. Among other things, it lists several purposes of the sacred record. Look for these purposes, and then as you study the Book of Mormon this year, note passages that you feel accomplish these purposes. For example, what passages help convince you that Jesus Christ is the eternal God? So then when I went through and checked out the title page, it just was like super humbling this time going to the title page because I had just read the night before, um, a couple nights before about like the legitimacy of this title page. Like it's not just like a title page, like a random title page. Like it's legitimately, it says in like, you know, from these like scripture scholar people that like really study the every aspect of the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially in relationship with like the book of Mormon and everything. They say like, Hey, did Joseph Smith write the title page? Like, was that a thing? And then it's like, well, actually the prophet Joseph Smith said, I wish to mention here that the title page of the book of Mormon is a literal translation taken from the very last leaf on the left-hand side of the collection or book of plates, which contains the record, which has been translated. The language of the whole running, the same as all Hebrew writing in general, that is from right to left. And that said, title page is not by any means a modern composition, either of mine or of any other man who has lived or does live in this generation. That's from the Joseph Smith manual. And I'm like, sweet. That's so cool. Cause I think I always just kind of overlooked this as like, oh yeah, it's just like a title page, like any other, but it's like, no, like I recognize that the whole book is all from the gold plates, but I don't know. There's something special to me knowing that even the title page is like, like the way that they introduce the title page is actually from the plates as well. So when I look at this title page, I'm like, I can envision these are the plates right here. Like it even introduces it right here from the plates. And so I just loved it because like it just, it really spoke out to me on specific parts that I had never really taken the time to really absorb before, you know, just some of the things were interesting and then other things were super meaningful to me and exactly what I felt like was meaningful to me in first joining the church and understanding and starting to learn the gospel. And then also just throughout the years, how meaningful it's been for me to have this as like my iron rod, as like my tree trunk to just like hold on to when all the whirlwinds would be swirling. Right. So I just like, I just feel like today, like Maybe, like, it was funny because when I first read the title page, I kind of had this flash judgment idea. I was like, oh, man, I don't think I have anything to say in my podcast because what if what I have to say in my podcast is so audacious, so passionate, and so one-sided and so opinionated that it can make it so other people that are just not ready for it could be turned away, maybe turned away from the church or turned away from the gospel or whatever when they're just at, like, a beginning point of just, like, maybe being curious about it. And I don't know why I thought that. Like, because I think that whenever somebody, like, sincerely, earnestly, humbly, softly wants to share the truth and testimony of what they know is true because of their experience. I feel like Heavenly Father touches people's hearts through the Holy Ghost when they're ready for it. And if they're not ready for it, then that's okay too, you know? So so I don't think I really need to be too scared because I'm starting to realize more and more that like if I were to think about like my ideal audience for anybody that's like listening to what I have to share, I'd have to be honest and be like, yeah, it makes total sense that like I'm probably not for like anybody that's of the faint of heart or anybody that thinks that maybe the things I talk about are too, too raw, too real, too unpolished, too like, I don't know, like I'm not, I would say that I'm kind of uncensored in some ways. Like I just kind of say it, um, but I'm not like uncensored to the point where it's like, oh, well, like that was offensive and I need to like reprocess that and somehow get back into a place where I can like respect you and respect your dignity again, right? And so it's like, okay, like I don't think I'm really that way, but like there's still just like a certain style, I guess, in the way that I communicate that I really realize I'm like, you know what? I really am not for everybody. You know, I may have certain friends and people in my life that I can only really associate with them when we're talking about specific topics. And once we branch out to any other topics, even further, it just like, it kind of shuts off. It's like, we're kind of just friends in those categories, right? Whereas I'm noticing when I'm like talking about all this scripture stuff, it's like, yeah, 
Like, I feel like I'll probably only hit maybe like of, out of 10 or 20 people, for example, that I might talk to, I might only, maybe what I have to say might only be relevant to two of them, right? Like 10, 1% or 2% of people, right? But at the same time, I have to go back to the reality that like, um, I'm really not doing this so that I can, yeah, that's so big. You did so much. We just had a special sewing thing that I just saw that someone in my home just made. And that was really fun to see. Um, and I just feel so grateful to just kind of be in a space to just realize that I'm not really doing it to build a, a listen, listenership or, you know, improve my fame or improve anything that has anything to do with the world, really. Like, I'm really just doing this because I just feel like I need to do it, right? I'm basically creating this this opportunity for myself to express on a daily basis for my own mental health, really. And then on the second, it seems to me that the things that I continually feel prompted to share tend to have things to do with things that I'm working on that are that are my will building kind of exercises. You know, things that that, you know, like that when I'm honest with myself and I check in with myself and I have to ask myself like what am I resisting the most right now that is a good thing. What is the one of the hardest things for me to do right now that will actually lead to an easier eternal life? Like those are some of the questions that I ask often to myself. And when I'm honest about it, it's like, oh yeah, well, of course it has to do with like actually carving out the time to actually connect with my heavenly father and receive knowledge from his actual literal mouth, basically. And so it's like, yeah, no, I can do this. Like I can do this and, and we can just do this. So I really love that title page loved it. Um, some of my favorite parts were just like, like the simple interest point where it's written to the Lamanites, you know, and then also that it might, that, that one of the purposes was that it might not be destroyed so that it can come forth by the gift and power of God. Like it has been protected. It's been said that it's going to be protected and it was right. And then it's hit up onto the Lord to come forth in a due time by way of Gentile. So it's very crafted very specifically to come at a very specific time. So I just love the order and organization there just to feel like, oh, somebody else has got this. They've got a plan, they're a planner, and they've got this organized, right? And then I love that it's like, this is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers. So I just love that little part because it's like saying to a person like, hey, just so you know, this is the way that the Lord has responded to your grandparents and your forefathers and all of these people. And, and it's just like warms my heart a little because it helps me know like he's not just going to do it to them. He's going to be ready to do that for me too, right? And then it says that they may know the covenants of the Lord that they are not cast off forever. So basically knowing that we're not alone doing this. Like we, if we have a, a sincere desire and intent to do good, the Lord will be with us in that process. We will not be cast off forever. And also to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, manifesting himself unto all nations. And this is the part that just always gets me every time. When they say that he's going to come to all nations, I'm like, yeah. Like, I just love it because, of course, we know there's that Bible. Of course, we know there's the Book of Mormon. And those are kind of, generally speaking, you know, records of, like, Jerusalem and area and then, like, North America and Southern America and area, right? And then it's like, I always have to wonder, I'm like, well, what about all the other continents, right? It's like, what about China? Like, I can't wait until there's some kind of crazy, awesome discovery of like some kind of record that, that you know, connects the people to when they had an opportunity to visit with Christ. Because a part of me wonders, you know, when he died and rose again, when he visited the Nephites in the Americas, I wonder to myself, I'm like, well, where else did he go? You know, did he visit other people before they, he came to the Nephites? Or did he visit other people after he visited the Nephites? And I'm like, where else did he go? And I just like, that would be like the best question that I love to ask about him one day and be like, so what were your travel plans? Like, what did you do? And just like sit there and just soak it all in and be like, wow, I can't believe it. What an amazing life, right? Like, so I just love, I love that. And then as I was like going through that, it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, well, I really like um, we're like going back to this part in. Oh, 
Um, so I'm studying the study guide that's by like this person that that really has a strong testimony of the Book of Mormon <laughs> to the point where they would be the one to write a Book of Mormon study guide, you know, like, and I just love the insights that are shared here that really speak to me as I'm beginning the title page. You know, they talk everything from saying like, you know, the Book of Mormon is the most correct of every book, any book on earth, keystone of our religion. A man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Um, then they quote, um, Ezra Taft Benson when they say that he said that every person should make the study of the Book of Mormon a lifetime pursuit and then saying like how you know like there's so much in this whole book oh 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 I didn't even get to the my favorite one of my favorite parts in the title page and it says at the bottom I didn't highlight that now and now if there are any faults they are the mistakes of men Wherefore, condemn not the things of God, that they, ye may be found spotless in the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, maybe that, that wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I have like five books out right now. I'm like, oh yeah, that's where it was. No, that wasn't where it is. <laughs> but anyways, I'll just keep going. So that my next favorite part is in like Dallin H. Oaks, where he said, In contrast to the institutions of the world, which teach us to know something, the gospel of Jesus Christ challenges us to become something, right? And so when I heard that, I'm like, oh, it's so true. Like, that's why I love this whole gospel so much. It's like, like any other book, I'll read it so I can somehow memorize it. So I have that knowledge and then I can apply it, right? Like that's, that's kind of how it generally goes. But I just love how in the midst of reading scripture, of reading the Book of Mormon, it's not so much about becoming knowledgeable as it is about allowing for my heart to change, you know, allowing my heart to become softened, allowing my heart to be even more open to the spirit, even more open to heavenly father and feeling even more connected. It's almost like, like, you know, if you receive like a love letter from somebody and you read it and you feel connected with them, you just feel like, Oh, they took the time to write this for me. And so that's kind of how I see the book of Mormon right now. It's like, this is my love letter like letters, right? These are my love letters from not just my ancestors, but like my, my heavenly father, like to them, to me, right? It's like, that's a big deal. So then it's like, oh, then the next question is like, how can studying the Book of Mormon benefit me? And then it's like, oh, Ezra Taft Benson again. And he says, the purpose of the Book of Mormon is stated on the title page. So that's where we're going there. Um, and basically he talks about, Hey, like it is to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God. Then it also says the book of Mormon brings men to Christ through two basic means. First, it tells in a plain manner of Christ and his gospel. It testifies of his divinity and of the necessity for a redeemer and the need of our putting trust in him. Then it says, Oh, Hey, the book of Mormon exposes the enemies of Christ. It confounds false doctrines and lays down contention. It fortifies the humble followers of Christ against the evil design strategies and doctrines of the devil in our day. Um, and like, I just thought those were really sweet because like, that is how they interpreted, um, this title page where I wouldn't have like really drawn out all of those specific points. And it was a good point that they brought up, even though like when I go back to the title page, I don't really feel like, well, it does mention, it says it's a record of the people of Jared who were scattered at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people when they were building a tower to get to heaven. So it shows right there, you know, like how when people become deceived or whatever, like Heavenly Father will do his best to try and help correct them so that they, they can see very clearly what is the difference between good and evil and like so that they don't have to be you know, going into the mists of darkness without having any knowledge of like, you know, just some sort of, um, protection, whether through knowledge or just some way to get back onto the straight and narrow path. Right. So then I love, like, this is my favorite part. Like if I could have just done like a tiny two minute recording today, this would have been like the paragraphs that I would have just read and been like, done, that's it that's all I wanted to share because it's so good. So like, like it's going to sound like I'm advertising, but I'm really just trying to like give citation to these people because it's really not for me. It's like page two and three from this book of Mormon study guide by Thomas S. Valletta, like so cool. And so anyways, it talks about how President Benson warned that those who do not continually study the book of Mormon place their soul in jeopardy. They neglect that which could give them spiritual nourishment and protection through their life. He also made the following impressive promises 
there are three great reasons why Latter-day Saints or like members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, should make the study of the Book of Mormon a lifetime pursuit. So he goes through the first, second, third, and then the last two paragraphs are so good. So he says, first, the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion, central stone in an arch. It holds all other stones in place. If removed, the arch crumbles. So that's like impressive to me. I'm like, yeah, like I've heard it often before, but it wasn't until this moment that I'm like, no, that's true. It's like if I just, you know, took out for all the Book of Mormons from my house and decided that was never going to be a thing for me again, I know that my life would fall apart. I know that it would be, become crumbled. And, and then I'd be in this little heap and be like, yeah, what happened, right? And then, so then, like, that's why it's like I have a Book of Mormon, like one in every room, just in case, you know, so that, like, we don't miss a moment without like having to like an impression be like oh here we go let's just go right here we're we're right there right um and then there's the second reason why we must make the book of mormon a center focus of study is that it is written for our day the nephites never had the book neither did the lamanites of ancient times it was meant for us then he talks about the third reason why the book of mormon is of such value to members of the church it's given in the same statement by joseph smith I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion. A man would get near to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. That is the third reason for studying the book. It helps us draw nearer to God. I love knowing those things. It's just like, yes, I love knowing them because like, you know, sometimes on the Sabbath day, it sometimes feels like, oh, it's a day for recreation. Like when it's really a day for rest, right? Like, so it's easy for me to be like, oh, well then I should just entertain myself. Cause I still, even when I think rest, I think recreation is rest. So then I'm like, oh, well then I should entertain myself. I should go and like improve this skill or whatever. And all of this kind of extra bonus stuff when it, when it really comes down to it and I'm honest with what would I be doing if I had a daddy daughter time with heavenly father it's like oh well it's clear that I would spend some time of it at least in the book of mormon because it is literally the most correct of any book and it is literally the book that will help me get nearer to him than any other book right so like I have to think about that every time sometimes I pick up all my other favorite books and I'm about to read them I'm like what if I could just put them aside just for another few minutes and just pick up this scripture and just spend a few minutes in there, right? Kind of like how I felt prompted by my dad sometimes when I would visit him and he would be ready for me. But at the same time, he's like, can you just go see your grandparents first? You know, I was like, okay, sure, I'll do that. Like, and it was just like a humbling experience. It's like, whenever I'm about to do something else, it's like a humbling experience. It's like, no, actually, this something else, this book right here is actually a little bit more important than that. And I just need to hunker down, make time for it. And then, oh, these last two paragraphs, it's like, holy smokes. So it says, it is not just that the Book of Mormon teaches us truth, though it indeed does that. It is not just that the Book of Mormon bears testimony. So this is all from President Ezra Taft Benson in his talk, Book of Mormon, Keystone of Our Religion. Um, apparently on page five to seven. Um, So anyways, it's like, hey, um, it is not just that the Book of Mormon bears testimony of Christ, though it indeed does that too. But there is something more. There is a power in the book which will begin to flow into your lives the moment you begin a serious study of the book. You will find greater power to resist temptation. You will find the power to avoid deception. You will find the power to stay on the straight and narrow path. The scriptures are called the words of life. And nowhere is that more true than it is of the Book of Mormon. When you begin to hunger and thirst after those words, you will find life in greater and greater abundance. Okay, seriously? When they said it all like that, I was like, oh, I love it. It's like, it's not just that these are like my love letters to Heavenly Father, like from Heavenly Father, and that I get to be connected with Him and that kind of thing. But I love these like sweet promises that are there. That's basically saying, hey, Yes, be connected with Heavenly Father and recognize that when you take the time to do that, you allow for your life to be like, you're just able to live your life with more abundance. You're able to see your life with more abundance. You're able to just be so much more empowered to actually live the life that is yours to live kind of thing. So I'm like, yeah, this is all good. Like, this is all good. So then I go into... Yes, are you making specials? Did you make it so nice? Oh, you love me. Oh, we have a heart.
card here. It says Evelyn to mommy, and it's all sewed. Evelyn did it. And all. Evelyn did it all, and it's on a pink cloth with purple thread, and it's got blue ink that says Evelyn to mommy. Did she write that? Yeah, you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and Evelyn sewed it. Oh boy, I gotta put it up high. Should I keep it safe? Yeah. And then I can put it up high. I'll I, use it as my bookmark for I right now. I do the heart and help to. Oh, so it was a triple com combo gift. I love it. That's so lovely. But Evelyn did most of it. I love it, dub dub that. Evelyn did most of it. Look at her video. Oh, that's so good. Come on, Evelyn. So, anyways. It's like, this is what it's all about, right? This is what it's all about. And like, enough said. <laughs> so that is that is what I have to say. I hope you have a good day. Okie dokie pokey. Today is January 10th, um, 2020. And I am grateful because I'm realizing that even though I was feeling in a bit of a funk, it's like, hey... You know, even if I start the day awesome and things are going and everything's pretty much the way I want it, right? And so I'm like, okay, well, then I'll just go and, you know, like sort some clothes and just like get things started with like household work. You know, I like how some people call, they don't call it housework or chores. They call them home blessings or they call them like, um, yeah, that kind of whole thing. And I just think that's precious. I'm like, yes, let's call them home blessings. Let's call them whatever we need to call them so that we can just feel like we are like divine queens, goddesses of the domestic land, to be able to do whatever we need to do so that this is the most glorious, privileged experience to, to be exposed to every manner of gruesome and dirty thing ever known to mankind. So that's been, that's been good to just be like, yep, this is Monday. It's not like I've even really gone through much. It's like I just sold the clothes and then I was like, I was just kind of getting run down because I was like, yeah, I didn't really get to do much today. Like in the in the sense of beauty, beauty kind of things. Like, of course, I was glad to get a little bit more depth into some scripture time and just like help start up some stuff with, for some sewing with children. Um, But I didn't feel like I got the time that I wanted to get for like yoga time today as well as the time that I wanted to do like a sunrise time so like I just love seeing the sunrise every day and I totally missed it today in the same way that I totally missed my yoga which was okay because really I was doing some other things that were important to me you know like I missed the yoga because I was helping a baby with her poofy bum and that was important because I'm the only one that can help take care of her um, and her needs that get shown to me when I look at what how her body's doing with her diapers and everything. And so it's like, yeah, no, that's okay. Like, I'm glad that I could be there and help with that. And then I was able to nurse her and, like, just be ready to just put on my big girl pants to just be the diaper nursing mommy this morning, which is just fine. Um, and there was still a part of me that was like, okay, well, I still got to get in my yoga today, right? So hopefully sometime today I'll somehow get this inspiration and be like, I'm just going to do it, right? Thankfully, I just ate, so it probably won't come until a little bit after 12 because that'll give me enough time for my body to digest. So that's good. Um, and then the other thought I had was like, well, since I'm already going through kind of a hard time right now because I'm kind of just like, I'm bored of like sorting the laundry and I'm kind of bored of of sweeping and I just kind of thought well best case scenario I can make it into a creative kind of day right you know so I'm like oh yeah I've got mushrooms like I am so excited to tap into those mushrooms and make some of my favorite dishes whether it's like marinated mushrooms Mama. over rice you don't have to worry about sweeping yeah I've got a baby taking care of that part or whether it's like mushroom pizza or like mushroom tomato Italian sauce over rice or mushroom stroganoff or mushroom soup or just like just mushrooms. Man, I love mushrooms. So I'm excited about that. Also, we got a bunch of sweet potatoes. I have yet to still see.
see where it was stored. So hopefully it's stored in a place that I can easily find it. But I love sweet potatoes. There's so many things you can do with sweet potatoes, whether it's sweet potato, I know it's sweet potato. chips, or sweet potato yam fries, or sweet potato boat. You can make them savory with kind of like a, like a garlic kind of feel. And like with mushroom sauce, stroganoff on top, or I can put like a Caesar sauce that I can make today on top, which is like something I've been wanting to make for like days. It's just been in the fridge, ready for me to just blend up, but I just haven't made it happen because I kind of like, I've kind of been going off of things lately. I've been going off of the kitchen, going off of the phone, going off of like, basically anything that's not going to allow me to be present with people, with like children's things, because I realized that not everybody wants to do a, a kitchen date with me. They'll typically want to do like a story time date or a snuggle date or like a wrestling date or like a um, supplies and maker kind of a date kind of thing or things like that. So it's just like, okay, like so a lot of my focus has been not in the kitchen, which is okay. It just means that like, you know, we just have very simple foods. Like we might just eat a lot of apples for a long time before the next time that I feel like things are settled and I can just focus on the kitchen um, and just like make something creative and fun or whatever. Like, you know, like it was kind of even to the point where I haven't been in the kitchen so long that like there was a, there's like a creative kind of kitchen club thing going on where people will make their kitchen stuff and then they share it. And like, seriously, this week's theme was like salads, right? Like it's, I was like, oh man, I was so excited. I was like, man, we're gonna make like animal kingdoms and it's gonna be awesome and it's just gonna be great because like we love doing that anyways, but I was so not in the kitchen for like days that I totally forgot about it. I was like, oh yeah, it was totally a salad theme. So this next theme is like French. So they're like, you know, whatever makes people's fancies, whether it's crepes or whether it's like baguettes or whatever French foods there are. There's French foods everywhere. Um, so that's kind of cool. French fries. Ha ha, french fries, we should do french fries. They said fries, so we're doing french fries. I'm totally doing that. Sweet and then potato. we can make a poutine. So we can make like a nice mushroom sauce and we'll put it over top of our french fries. It'll be a mushroom poutine. I don't, I don't even care if somebody says that's not French. It's gonna be so good because apparently- It's Canadian. Yes, which kind of, I think it comes from the Montreal side, who knows? Anyways, that's awesome, I love it. I think that's a great idea. So anyways, the thing that's helping me out of my funk right now is getting ready to make a nice space ready for me to make things in the kitchen regardless, um, which is really helpful to me because it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to just like, do a bunch of laundry and do a bunch of like cleaning up things, but I can't really like hunker down and make anything productive that is like of somewhat beauty. Like I know it's kind of beautiful when you do the laundry or the cleaning, the floors or things like that because it just kind of helps. But it's not in the same way of like me plating, doing a wonderful job of plating something and then taking a picture of it. Like I just love doing it. I love making clothes and being so insane about it and then taking a beautiful picture of it and be like, you know, I just made it so I can take the picture, really. Like I don't even need to eat it. Like I just like, so happy to do that. So that's been nice to get down into my clarity of mind and thinking about what I'm gonna do anyways, amongst my situation right here, where it's like kind of an overcast day. I miss my yoga, I miss, um, I miss a couple things, like a couple opportunities, whether it was like planning to want to try and create some kind of physical activity thing for today, but it's like poor weather, or whether it's like, hey, there's some opportunities for people to like sign up for appointments and stuff to go to do this like free kind of place-based thing. And then and then like every time I look at that though, it, it saddens me because it's the same feelings that I had about like when it was harvest day. And I knew it was time for me to go in the garden and just go and harvest everything. But I literally let all the snow just like kill everything before I really got to it. And, and it just, that was like my life. It's like my life is not really stable enough for me to just hunker down and feel like I can do something that has a timeline, right? Or that's like, you know,
know, I hate, I hate those opportunities where like, oh, come and do this for an hour from this, this start time to this start time. And it's like one of those random time of things. And then it just makes me feel like, well, I could pretend that I could do that and, and get myself all, all ramped up and then put myself in the same situation where I show up like three hours later than what was expected. And then I, I break relationships with the people that I'm bringing as well as the people that I made appointments with. And it's like, I'm just not there. Like actually, I'm just not. So it was a good, healthy experience for me to be like, that would be fun. And I'm actually not Like, because there's other people like me where they literally cannot be tied to a schedule. They just can't. It's too deadening to their spirit to feel pushed into this schedule, this appointment thing, um, and feel like then they have to sacrifice all these other aspects of what's important to their day to, like, maybe get ready for it or, like, you know, all these things. Whereas, like, if I can just flow and not be tied to a schedule of, like, exact start time, exact time time, to grow up enough to actually be mature enough to actually say that and and to do it in a genuine way 
rather than feeling like, oh, like, somebody will be offended if I don't, or like, oh, like, if I don't do that, then it will mean that I will, like, be leading my family into a future of nothingness and boringness all the time, and all of this kind of stuff. Because I think growing up, I experienced so much boredom that I kind of sickened myself into this idea that I wasn't a fulfilled person unless if I was doing something every day and making sure that my children were not bored ever, right? Um, and thankfully, I could read the child whisperer, and they said, yeah, type 3 people, they have this thing about them where they actually feel like if they haven't checked, up, checked off anything, that they are literally someone that's, like, deficient or, like, unfunctional or, like, somebody that's, like, disgusting or something like that, right? And I was like, yeah, I can actually identify with that piece. It's like, it's, it's time to just, like, not be so connected with doing checklist stuff and actually be connected with what is my actual life mission? What does Heavenly Father want me to do? Because I'm the only one that can do it, right? Right now, today, right? Like, and then, like, what is it for me to do to, to strengthen my immunity for my physical body? What is it for me to do to strengthen my immunity in my spiritual body, in my spiritual growth? Like, what is it for me to do to strengthen my intellectual immunity so that I can be strengthened in my knowledge of what's what's what? And then what's going to help strengthen my social immunity so that I realize what are the relationships that Heavenly Father wants me to be healing today, right? And to be forgiving and compassionate and, like, accepting and, and like, inviting more peace rather than contention and inviting, like, turning towards each other rather than turning away or, like, being willing to just, like, love, you know, and behold and just, like, step into those things. It's like those are the priorities. Not all of this extra worldly stuff that people think that's what life is all about. It's like, no, like, yes, it might be okay to participate in wholesome recreational activities, but it's not okay to do it at the expense. Hey, Mom. Oh, Uber. Oh, good. At the expense of hurting someone's feelings in, in the process of it. Because I'm not mature enough to do that experience without hurting people's feelings, right? So it's like, yeah, like, it's okay for me to have certain things that are sleepy for me, too. But my maturity isn't there yet. It's like maybe one day when I'm a grandma, I'll know how to be nice to people. Um, so that like to the level that like when I want to do something, I'll still know how to be nice to people while I'm doing it. Like I just love this one story I read one time where it was like a mom watching two kids interact. And she said that the conversation ensued where it's like, oh, hey, the one kid was like, hey, this is what I think about this. And then the other kid just like stomped on their story and was like, well, actually, that's not true. That's not true. Like everything that you're saying isn't true. And then, you know, the mom talked with the kid afterwards saying like, hey, I recognize that what you were focused on was about fact or fiction. And what you noticed in that other kid was that everything they were saying was nonfiction. And so you really felt like you needed to tell them that in that moment. And I understand you felt that way. And just so you know, in the future, it's so much more important. It's actually the right thing to do to protect their heart and to care more about their heart then you care about being right or being saying that what they're they're saying is fiction or nonfiction or feeling like you need to correct them or feeling like you need to um, confront them and and basically just like like I don't know just like almost like demean everything that they're saying as if it doesn't have any worth just because of what your opinion is basically and it's just like yeah yeah I feel that like I feel that very deeply because that's been something that's been really important to me throughout my life, throughout my experiences with life and people. Like it just doesn't work when people are just calling people out for no good reason. They're just calling them out just to make them feel worse, right? Like they're basically believing in that, that idea that like if I blow someone else's candle out, I make mine blow, like shine brighter. When it's like, no, it's actually not true. When we help somebody else's candle shine brighter, it only happens where that ours stays lit too, you know? Like, like, and it's like the opposite, right? So anyways, that's kind of the thought process that I'm going through right now. It's like, 
Thankfully, maybe it was a thankfully, maybe it was thankfully that I was feeling a little crummy and I was a little bored with the laundry and the floors and stuff so I could somehow then overcome that boredom moment to be like, I just wanna create beauty. So I'm gonna go and try to make some mushrooms and some sweet potatoes and now I could have this like nice talk experience to help me process it and feel like some sense of order in my mind about like where I'm going regardless of what the day is in front of me and I can also remember that today is another Christmas day another birthday another day when I can read the love letters I have from Heavenly Father in the Book of Mormon and I can turn on the lights all around me so that I can actually find the presence that Heavenly Father's planted as my scavenger hunt today and, and really do that. And I know that my lights are turned on when I can just really soak in, in his presence, basically, you know, and be attached with him. Have my daddy date time, kind of time. Today was kind of like not really like thoroughly drenched in it yet. I feel like there's so much more that I could be taking time to like soak in. Um, in like different verses. So I, I want to take some more time to actually do that. Like I find for me, I don't really feel like the depths of like really soaking in Heavenly Father's presence until I've been doing it for at least 30 minutes. And usually that means like five chapters later, right? So I'm going to see how I can do that. Okay. So today is, ooh, it's like January 19th. What a glorious thing. It's been like 19 days since the beginning of the new year, and I just feel really grateful. Um, part of the reason why I'm feeling so grateful is because I just woke up today, and it was so lovely. You know, okay, I am so deeply affected by food, like to extremes, right? It's like if I eat really health, unhealthy kind of foods, not even really unhealthy, it's just like when I have slight differences in making things unhealthy, it's just like, I'm done. It's like I can't function in my life the way that I want to. But then, and, and, when I find something, like, I love pairing the two between, like, delicious, like, gourmet delicious with, like, ultimate healthy, right? And so when the two come together, it's like one of my favorite experiences ever. Like, I would equate it to the level of what people feel like when they say they go on vacation and they had this amazing experience at this, um, like, exotic place or whatever, and they came back with so many great memories seeing this, that, or the other. I feel all of that in my mouth. And I'm just like, oh, I just went away on vacation to a retreat and just had an awesome experience, right? So that's the kind of thing that I had yesterday. And so when I woke up today, it was like, you know, typically, you know, in my habits or in my history, it's been like, oh, well, if I have a great experience in my mouth, you know, like of something amazing, I will usually have to pay for it later because it's usually been where it's like, oh, hey, you have something tasty and then it hurts later. Like it just is a general thing living in this world that I live in typically. But, but, oh, I had something awesome yesterday. And then I woke up today. I can always tell the day after when I wake up how I feel after I've had said foods or whatever because my body will tell me. It's either, either my, my hands will be inflamed and my, and my feet so I can barely move them as well as my joints and, you know, and then I feel full still and bloated and then I feel like fatigued, like as if I didn't even sleep. You know, that's usually like the effects of what I feel when I've eaten something that it's like really not jiving and supportive of my body. But <laughs> it was just delightful to just like open my eyes and wake up and be like, I feel awake. I feel alert. I feel like I had a sleep. I feel like... I feel like just fine, right? And that's like the beautiful thing that I find about this journey of like taking, just taking that extra moment to question and and ask those like really top-notch quality questions about my health so that I can just be like, what's the, what do I need to be asking right now to make things better? Asking those questions and then getting specific answers for my body and then applying them. And then I get to like wake up 
and have a regular day, right? It's just like, it's kind of funny on this journey that I'm in because, you know, I think in the past I used to think, oh, being healthy meant like you just feel amazing all the time. You feel like you're going to run a marathon every day and you just feel like you're just like this hardcore energizer bunny. But I just love how this journey for me has really looked a lot like having a regular day where I actually just feel fine, right? And that's a huge accomplishment. Like that is like, it's like beautiful, you know? Like it's just like so beautiful for me to be like, oh, I feel like no energy is being wasted on feeling pain, you know? I feel like all of my energy is available to me so that I can be productive today, so that I can progress with my actual life goals rather than constantly like being squished by the burden of my past like history or habits and things like that 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 I used to feel like I just needed to keep keep having as tradition in my life and now that I've like kind of like cut that off and become kind of a pioneer in my own personal life journey in this way of being like it's now a regular thing to feel like I can just move forward, right? I just love the way that one of my coaches, she talks about this idea like, you know, because I asked, I was like, so what's your idea about seniors? You know, like, what's the whole thing about degeneration and all of this kind of stuff? And like, and and what what can it look like for a person when they're on a very specific health journey path when they are reaching old age and things? And I just love her perspective that it's just three parts, you know, for a person that's wanting to focus on making sure they have that longevity and, you know, extending their life, those kinds of things, they just need to focus on the three things, right? So when they talk about it, she talks about it, it's like, hey, make sure that we're eating the foods that are actually supportive to our body, which now is like blowing my mind because before I used to think it was just a nutrition thing. It was like, oh, my body needs fuel, so it just needs certain nutrients that are in the food that I eat. But over time, I'm starting to realize, wait, this is connected, right? Because she says the first is food, making sure that our food is supportive of our body. Second, she said making sure that we are, um, you know, we are eliminating often, you know, and we eliminate in so many different um, avenues, whether it's through the bowels, through the skin, through our sweat, um, whether it's just like breathing out and like, you know, like we have so many different avenues of waste, but making sure that we are being conscious of those areas that they're not blocked and that they have full freedom to, to eliminate. Right. And then third, she said was like the process of like actually moving our body. And so like, I'm just like blown away right now. I'm like actually just blown away because like, at first when I saw saw that, you know, the three process thing, I was like, well, that's really simplistic. Like, is it really true? But then after a while, I was like, no, it actually is. I love how simplistic it is, but also how just doing those three things actually hits so many birds with one stone. You know, now I know that when I eat, it's actually not just for nutrition. Like when I eat supportive foods, those specific foods, especially foods that are a little bit more on the side of like medicinal type of foods that, that are just like healing and really like, you know, good for the body kind of foods, they actually have properties within them that help the body to cleanse and then to eliminate even more, right? And eliminate even more effectively and even more appropriate to what our bodies um, are born to be able to do, right? And then the whole component of like being able to move our bodies. Like I had no idea until I like, cause you know, my coach would talk about different systems in the body. She mentioned the lymphatic system at, at some point. And you know, I used to hear these words, these like scientific kind of these words that I used to think were just like woo woo words. Cause I really didn't take the time to study biology or nutrition and those kinds of things. But as I have now and actually been like learning things about the lymphatic, it's like, wait a minute. Well, of course, it's like, of course you want to be moving your body because anybody that knows the lymphatic system knows that it is not like the circulatory system that just happens, right? Basically, you're, it's involuntary that we just breathe. We just involuntarily breathe, inhale, exhale, and then, you know, the oxygen goes into the blood and then just does the, the blood system thing. And of course, there's also the breathing that helps with the lymphatic because literally the lymphatic system only happens as we manually move the body, you know, like as the body is actually moved. That's the only way the lymphatic system can actually 
move it's everything around right when we are taking the time to move it and I was like man that is so cool that is so cool. Like it just, you know, it blows my mind now to, to understand the importance of whether it's exercise, whether it's like reflexology, whether it's massage therapy, just any kind of practice that, uh, that gives the body an opportunity to move different parts of it that were ignored for so long, right? And, and thankfully I can like have this knowledge now to be like, actually, I don't need to ignore it anymore. It's an actual thing. It's like a legitimate, actual factual thing in my body it's not a woo-woo concept it's actually like science it's like there for anybody that wants to go there it's right there right and so it's been so lovely to just take the time to to have that moment right so anyways that was like my my waking up this morning I was like oh yeah I love that I had something amazing yesterday which is like my version of like a vacation retreat in my mouth and it was healthy for me right it's like the difference between like a vacation where you just go and party versus a vacation where it's like a retreat right like I just felt like I had like a retreat kind of a, a meal last night and then I wake up today I'm like yeah things are good. So I just get started. I have my, my drink and I have my, my, you know, just time to get ready for the day. And then, and then I was kind of puttering around for a while. I was just like, I was kind of slightly distracted because I was like, Oh, well, if I had that like food cake yesterday, I might as well like do everything that I can so that I can have another kind of experience like that today. Because I forgot that when I'm like in my zone, when I'm on fire, I literally have recipe dreams where I'm like cooking and I prepare something like a new twist on a certain recipe and I'm like, and then I wake up and I'm like, I need to do that recipe. I need to do it before I forget it, right? <laughs> and so like, that's like my, when I'm at my like peak place. And, and then so it was funny today when I woke up, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going back into that space where I'm just like in my joyful kitchen creation mode and I'm like sweet that's so much fun so I had all these like recipe books and like food things kind of like right beside my scriptures and then like I would try to be reading my scriptures but it was like I was sneaking in like food readings and like recipe readings in between I'm like okay this reminds me of when I was like in junior high and I would carry around my knitting with me to every class and like amongst all of the lectures, I would just be like secretly knitting away like my scarf or my hat or whatever. And like always like having that with me to help keep me focused um, on like being willing to sit in that chair <laughs> for so many hours a, a day. Anyways, so it was kind of a funny moment. And I was like, wait, I can do this. I can put aside the food books. I can put aside the, the recipes and I can just open these, th these sweet books up. You know, yesterday I realized that they were like my love letters from Heavenly Father. I'm like, Ooh, well, if they're love letters, let me just like take a peek at what's inside. Right. And so when I'm there, it's like, okay, well today I kind of felt like going into the plan of salvation a little bit. And so I was so grateful to find like a nice little list of all these little scriptures that just kind of helped me bounce around in the scriptures. Um, and it was actually really fun. Um, like the challenge of this list was basically saying, hey, read all of these little passages and list the different names given to God's plan kind of thing. And it was really fun to be like, oh, well that's kind of fun. And so it was like, hey, plan of salvation is one of them plan of restoration, um, plan of redemption. And you know, like, just like knowing like plan of mercy, like it was just like so sweet because then the next question is like, what do each of these names suggest to you about the father's plan? So I'm reading, I'm on like page three of this manual that I'm following. Um, it's actually like a come follow me manual. And I'm just so impressed with like, the simple the simplicity of being able to study in this way and so I just loved thinking about what do each of these names suggest to you about the father's plan and so when I thought of it I was like well I think of a few things it's like one is I I acknowledge that when I go through all these scriptures it's like oh I am in a place where it's like I get to understand that this is a plan for me like it's like he wrapped up this plan as a gift to me right and so I love that. I love knowing that it's a gift for me, for me to receive and take in gratitude and be like, oh, what, well, what can I carefully do with this gift? So I can take good care of it. So I can acknowledge that it was given to me. So I can just like, not just throw it away as a trash, but actually take this gift and be like, oh, like 
how can I be present with the, with the beauty of this gift for me today? And so I'm like pondering on that. And then I'm like thinking about how, what it might be like for him in his process of, of creating this gift, right? And crafting it through his wisdom, through his kindness. And then I thought, well, I think maybe he was thinking about designing it specifically so he could fulfill the purpose of what it's all about, right? So that he can bring about the immortality and eternal life of man, right? So that we can become like him. And so we can all join together again in heaven and we can enjoy one another and actually be in a state to just move forward together as a family, right? And be united and and be as one, right? And so... It, then when I was thinking of it like that, I was like, ooh, so like the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption, the plan of mercy, the plan of the restoration, like all of these things, like really, it's like a board game. It's like, it's like a scavenger. It's like as if in the, in like, you know, the meeting in heaven when, when Jesus Christ was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll be this person to kind of lead out. It's like, it's like we all got like the, the map to be like, hey, this is the map. This is where the start beginning is and then this is where we want to meet up right this is where we're going to meet up at like five o'clock at this spot right <laughs> it's just like it's like okay we're like okay break <laughs> and then and then we move forward with you know getting our bodies and then and then we all are in this state where it's like hey we knew that we were going to have this veil and that we were gonna we had faith that we could find the gospel like we could find the truth and we would be willing to open our hearts to it and, and we would want to follow Jesus Christ's plan just in the same way that we, we chose to in the beginning. I love that song. Every time it's like, And we will choose him again, for he's our Savior and friend. He helps us uh, follow the... Anyways, it's a good song. It's like by Shauna Edwards. Oh, it's so good. I just love it every time. And I'm just like, I just feel like it's such... A amazing treasure that we have a plan we have a savior to lead out we we've we've seen the plan before we received our body and here we are now in a place where we can start remembering what were what were some of our bucket lists items that we had in our pre-mortal existence when we said oh when I receive a body I want to do these top 10 things right and then it's like what were they right and then asking like okay well, like, what could, what else, right? What else could I be doing? And so, you know, I talked about it in, in a previous recording that I made, that's this concept that I've been playing with for, like, a good 10, 15 years. But just this idea of, like, thinking to myself, honestly, checking in with myself when I'm ready to check in with my life goal kind of stuff and being like, what is the hardest thing for me to conceive right now? What is so hard for me right now? But not just saying, why is it so hard for me? But actually, you know, being honest and be like, okay, well, what is my next step to make that easier? For example, what could be one tiny next step to make that easier? And this is along the lines of like this whole concept, like one of my coaches talks about, it's so cool. This idea that like, hey, what are the easy choices that we're making today that actually lead to a life that is just harder, right? And think about what are some hard choices that we could be making right now that could actually make our lives easier. And so that's like this whole thing where I used to have to ask myself this often and I still do every so often. I'm like, I check in, I'm like, Oh yeah, what else could I do? It's like, I have to ask myself, I'm like, what is something that I'm resisting right now? What is something that I could be moving forward with? I have an idea that it could possibly help with something, but I'm just totally resisting. I'm digging my heels in and I'm kind of like, no, I want to hold on to this pride thing a little bit longer. I want to hold on to my personal choice of choosing to not do that thing. I have an idea that it, that other people might be getting results with it, but I'm totally like, no, not my thing, not my thing. And, and just being this like person that feels like I have the freedom to be independent and think for my own independent self. But when I honestly ask that question and I'm like, what is the thing that I'm resisting right now? It's like, you know, in the past, it's been so many different things, whether it's like I've been resisting um, loving my children even more, you know, like, like I used to think, oh, well, I have these 
people in my life, but I only need to love them this much, right? And, and then I, that's the limit and then I can just move on kind of thing, right? And it's kind of like this whole concept that I've been learning about like really understanding what ministering really is about. It's like, it's not about a checklist. It's like, yes, there's, you know, health checkup checklist stuff. And yes, people use checklists to help them as tools, but like, it's so important to see the white on the page of what is actually needed when we are present in the present moment of, of our day-to-day experiences of being face-to-face with them or what are all the, all of the other stuff, you know, like, like I talked, um, one time in a workshop that I was having, um, where I was a participant and the teacher there, she was just teaching us about how to be more present. It was in the context of like giving birth to children kind of thing. But I feel like it's helpful for my whole life. You know, she said, when you are about, know that you're about to have a child, like you're starting your contractions, all of this kind of stuff, turn off your phone. It's just like, just do it, right? And and the reasoning behind it was like, hey, when people are on their phones, they, they use a certain part of their brain. And, and that is like, it's fine for when people are in that mode of that, that's their job or whatever, it's a necessity. But like, in order for a person to give birth, and to step into that intuitive, primitive kind of like um, ability to just have a heightened awareness and alertness of of all the white on the page kind of stuff, they need to have like be separated from all the stuff that the phone would be doing, right? They need to have a space that is just blocked off and protected for them to feel, to for them to have emotions, for them to to think um, and be alert in in and being able to take care of themselves basically and take care of their, their young and, and take care of those things that are more of a spiritual nature, more of a, um, of a, just a nature that is just not connected with, with checklists per se, but is very much, um, to do with like being a leader in the moment and, and being willing to change course in like, in a moment or being willing to just like, you know, just absorb everything that there is to do with that experience. It's like the difference between a person like looking at a screen that's just like a tiny, I don't know, like four inch by two inch square versus if they were to walk into a forest and be able to see the big horizon span of the whole landscape and be able to see everything, right? It's like, like our phones, or just like checklist kind of narrow-minded thinking can only get us so far to accomplish a limited amount of things. Um, Not saying that it's like better or worse, like one or the other, but I just have like such a strong testimony of when I can just step into this space and I can see the whole landscape. I can see the whole perspective versus just like a two inch by four inch perspective of what two inches and four inches can give me, right? And so that's kind of what I was thinking about today. I'm like, read my scriptures, got my plan of salvation, respect, and I'm just loving it. So I'm really grateful to be like studying, like this is like one of the first years I feel like where I'm actually like studying the Book of Mormon along with like the other scriptures and stuff that I'm also studying. So it's kind of like really fun to just, just go there and keep going.